It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, and I'll be joined shortly by my co-host, Greg McMichael, of course, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, 95 World Series champ, 93 NL Rookie of the Year runner-up. I think I'm obligated to say those things at least once every month on this show, so got to make sure I meet my quota for this month. We've got our old buddy Mark Bowman on with us today, recurring guest. We love having Bo on. He's our buddy, and he does such a great job, of course. He's been covering the Braves for MLB.com since 2001. Just a really fun discussion with Bo of all things current Braves, all things 2023 Braves, where we're at, um, uh, and a lot of updates, be it injuries, uh, his analysis of of the team, and wh- where we're at right now. So really a, a fun discussion with Bo, so let's get right into it. Here he is, Mark Bowman. Well, welcome back. One of our favorite recurring guests. Here he is, Mark Bowman, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, there we there go. He is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta uh, build some more sound effects into this new machine here. Dang, it's louder than Marlins Park <laughs> or whatever. <it's> <laughs> there you go. All right, that's literally the only two sound effects that's I have. That's pretty good. Are crowd noise and that's it. <laughs> hey, speaking of crowd noise, you, the, the the crowd, the Braves crowd in Arizona this year or this past weekend mm. was incredible. We heard them. It yeah. was loud. I mean. The, the, the TBS effect is is still strong, and uh, you know the Ronald Acuna Jr. effect, the winning the World Series, whatever the mixture, uh, that we see it everywhere. We've seen it every for for decades, but there was something special about that crowd this this past weekend. Well, Huddy took his kids. Tim Hudson took his kids to Oakland, and I heard him. <laughs> and his kids and all their footsteps as they walked in i asked him i said man how'd you find a seat <laughs> let's go that's yeah, all you can hear you're ready to go let's go <laughs> i did so bo and i uh were chatting on the phone uh on the off day the other day and uh i had to ask don't him, say that part Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, all right. No, um, I'm joking. <laughs> we were chatting about something, uh, something very controversial. No, we were just shooting the breeze. Uh, but I had to ask him. I'm like, so because I knew he he was out there covering that uh, Arizona series, and I was like, Bo, that's as loud as I feel like I've heard. Like, it's not uncommon for us to hear, even when we're watching on TV or listening to Ben and Joe on the radio, to hear Braves fans cheering at an opponent's and an away team. Or like when the Braves are on the road. But I had not heard it. Like, that seemed very loud. And I'm like, did they just have the mics in the right place? Or was it really that loud? And Bo said, no, it was it was strong. Yeah, yeah, very strong. Down, you look down, you know, behind the dugout. They all got the, the right seats, too. They were all, you know, their tickets were right behind the dugout. I mean, Saturday night they got loud. The Diamondbacks is a sold-out stadium. So, you know, I, you know they, the Diamondbacks fans outnumbered them, you know, Saturday. But at the same time, it was uh, – you know, they, they were going back and forth, you know, trying to drown each other out. And then Sunday was just when Eddie hit that. And even before it, when he came up there and you just heard Eddie, Eddie. Yeah, Pretty he, impressive. You got a first place team. Yeah. 
and yeah. you still had um, that kind of situation. Yeah. So it's pretty kind impressive. Of yeah. So we're sitting here as of we're sitting here right now. The Braves have, I believe, I'm right about this, have the best record in the National League. Yeah. Yeah. They do by uh, well by looks like by what a half a game over those Diamondbacks. So it feels like so we've got the best record in the National League as we're sitting here recording today. And yet it still seems like this team has not the Braves have not been at 100 percent at all this year. I, I was saying that last night in the press box to our, our buddy Kevin McAlpin. Um, Your buddy. Yeah, just mine, not yours. Yeah. Um, and he said, <laughs> and I said, we were what, 100% for the first two innings of opening day? He goes, no, Iglesias was hurt then. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I forgot he was hurt then, too. So this team, best record in the National League, and they haven't even really, in my opinion, hit their stride yet. Is my fair in saying that, Bo? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you can build the greatest offense, you can have great defense, you can have a great bullpen, but if you don't have, you know, a solid, stable rotation you're not going to do anything especially over the course of six months and for them to be able to go through these you know more than two months now with Kyle Wright and Max Fried making you know throwing 55 innings combined for 55 innings it, that's just incredible it's a it's a credit to what Bryce Elder has done I mean to triple a Gwinnett's opening day starter entered yesterday as MLB's ERA leader and not only was he pitching effectively he's pitching into the sixth inning and you know now that obviously has you know you're being affected that day you're you're you're, you're helping the bullpen that day mm-hmm. you're helping the bullpen for future days it just uh to, to see what he's done obviously charlie morton's had a good year spencer strider uh and to see where jared schuster has gone uh you know since the beginning of the year and now here we are you know excited about uh what we may see from aj smith shopper the, the rotation's really been a, a key. Yeah, one of the things I was going to say, a, a great sign is to see a game like, like last night where, you know, Bryce gives up those four runs, makes two mistakes. But other than that, he pitches great, and he still gets to the sixth inning. That's t- typically what I'm seeing with a lot of guys now is that they give up four runs. They're barely getting out of the fourth or fifth inning. But for him to tack on those two more innings and and give your team a chance to win and then shorten the bullpen's you know, exposure, I mean, that right there tells you how good he really is because that's been his worst game, right, would you say? Yeah, yeah. He gave up three solo homers one time in uh... – uh, Miami, but uh, and, and like you said last night, it was it was two bad pitches and a walk in between, and that, that walks where he said after the game, you know, that's the one I'd like to take back because, hey, look, you know, every once in a while his, his slider has been about as good as anybody's slider this year. You know, he hung two last mm-hmm. night, and they both they didn't miss him, and uh, you know that that every once in a while to they'll the miss wrong them. guys, right? Yeah, to the <laughs> wrong guys, yeah, and uh, but yeah, he pitched great because that's what he did. Every once in a while, that pitch isn't, you know. It isn't going to do what you wanted to do, but but you as a pitcher have got to find a way to navigate your way through the rest of that inning and as far as you can go, and that's what he did. He put it behind him and, and, and got through six. Yeah, and it's I think you're exactly right that you can't put – I think you got to put more than the numbers that we're actually seeing on what Bryce has done because going from having only two stable starters to three – 
is really big. I mean, it's shaky to have just three, but I mean, he's pitched so well that we've been in every game that he's pitched. And Charlie's gotten off as good a start as we've seen with him, I would say, than, than the last three years that he's been pitching. And of course, you know, uh, Strider's been pitching really well. The other guys have been kind of spotty, but I mean, going from five to three and then going from three to two, that's a, that's a bigger jump. And we would not be anywhere close to where we are without that because that he's been really a stabilizing force since so I've been very very impressed with him and then just the manner of how he gets and keeps the inning going just with the limited amount of pitches the balls put in play your uh, your defense stays on their toes I mean it's just kind of like every time he goes out there it's like a breath of fresh air because the game just moves and he keeps everybody going and, and of course you know he's 4-0 and he's he's been the uh, ERA leader you know for the for the National League so Pretty impressive. I, I mean, I don't know where we'd be without him at this point, but we certainly wouldn't have the best record in the National League. <laughs> I, I mean, I just always look forward to him going out mm-hmm. there and throwing it again. Yeah. Personally, you know, <laughs> throw it again. Throw it again. Yeah, let's get somebody there. back. I mean, think about it. Greg, did you did you catch all that last night? No. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Alonzo, I didn't know what yeah. he was talking about. Was there some some history there? Or? I don't think no, so. Did anybody was, ask him? I think he was just. Did you ask him after the game? No, he didn't show up. From what I remember, I was over there in the Braves clubhouse before when the Mets people said he didn't. He didn't talk. So that's what that's what I was told. So I don't know if there was anything. We even went back in the press box and we were looking at the the feed like the. I guess what we would call the high home feed. Yeah. So from behind home plate where you can kind of see everything just to look and see, was there anything that it looked like? We're all sitting there going, there's no way that Bryce said anything or did yeah, anything. He is he not like, I mean, our guys, our rotation, there's a pretty, as far as personality wise, they all seem pretty laid back, even keeled for the most part. And Bryce is like even more than that. Like if the, if everybody else is very yeah. low, low key, he's like the lowest of low key. At least that's what well, I haven't talked to him. That's what he seems like. Well, sometimes you can see that when the guy, as soon as he hits it, if he's watching it, and the pitcher might have a little exchange with him. But I didn't. They didn't show anything. I didn't, I didn't hear anything. anything. You know, my, my take was, you know, opponents, they heard about it in the hitters meeting. He, you know, this slider is very good. You know, I don't know if they gave him the stats, oh, okay. but in terms of, you know, hitters are hitting 149. Uh, they had three doubles and one homer uh, entering last night against this slider. It, it was, you know, if you look at uh, you know some of these metrics, it was one of the most effective pitches in the game. This, anyhow, I, I took it that hey, you hung one, I got you, ha ha, throw it again. That's what I took it as. And like you said, how'd Bryce handle it? We said, you know, did you hear anything? He said no. I said, well, did it, you know, did it piss you off? You know, is this is that is this PG or PG thirty? Oh, that's fine. You can okay. say that here. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Big boy said said the S word a couple weeks ago, and nobody's nobody's fired me yet. So I think you're fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> ask him if it if it irked him, uh, and he said said no, and then he said, you know, um, you know, if if I hit one on the concourse, you know, I might holler too, but I've never hit a homer. <laughs> so he handled it the right way. That's too. right. For being you know, twenty four, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So and he. He did it right there in that Texas twang. (laughs) That's great. Well, that's what he should say. Just let his pitching's been doing the talking, and that's what you want to keep it. Well, I'm glad, Bo, you started with the rotation because that was where I was wanting to start, too. I've got, I'm sure Greg does, too, just a lot of questions or thoughts on it. Uh, Let's start with the good part or the potential good part. What do you you make of A.J. Smith-Chauver? I mean, just just general thoughts. What do you make of him and that whole – his ascension to the big leagues it's incredible i mean to think about so 2020 let's let's put ourselves you know we all kind of know what we we're doing that summer you know covid summer he's playing travel ball um in oklahoma um 
his, his travel ball coach says, you want to try pitching? He says he steps <laughs> on the mound and he hits 93 right away. Now, that's pretty impressive. Did we, did we know he had a big arm? Yeah, he, you know, he throws the ball 70 yards down the field. You're going to go play quarterback at Texas Tech. Played third base for his high school. Couldn't play shortstop because Bobby Witt Jr. was there. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, he grew up, you know, he and Bobby Witt Jr. grew up about three miles apart or three minutes apart, whatever it was, and, and uh, you know, played basketball, played everything together in the backyard growing up. Bobby was a year or two older. Um, and, you know, so he, he had been around competitive, uh, you know, another great athlete, you know, played at some high levels. But even, you know, he said, I think it's part of his sophomore year. He was just DHing, you know. Then he played third. Then, he, like I said, he played some third base, and all of a sudden he starts pitching. His senior year of high school makes eight, nine starts, whatever. That's enough for Dana Brown and you know Alex and the staff to to you know gain notice of this kid that's just out of nowhere throwing ninety three, ninety five. Actually, I think he was probably touching ninety six by that time. Um, and you know they, they take him they they give Dylan Dodd they take him in the third round to go below slot so when you go below slot all of a sudden you have the money to go above slot with a later guy so they go they give take AJ in the seventh round give him a million dollar bonus he calls Texas Tech and says thanks but I'm going to go play baseball and here we are 110 innings in the minors He's in the majors, and now here he's thrown two and a third in the big leagues, and he's going to make his first start here wow. Friday or Saturday. Well, wait, that doesn't make sense. I was drafted in the seventh round. I got 25000 <laughs> and half of that was incentives. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> wow, that is, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, so what are they saying? What makes him so effective? I mean, I watched him, but it was like his velocity wasn't like over the top like Strider. I mean, what no, I noticed was composure, and I noticed execution. Yeah, for yeah. the first time against a really good team, which sometimes it's hard because they don't know you, right? right? So I didn't see anything like, "Wow, this guy's incredible." He did this, did did that, but I mean, what's kind of the book on him as far as what you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty simple uh, repertoire. It's a it's a fastball, you know, like you said, ninety five, ninety six. It's you know, touch ninety seven. Uh, I think what makes it maybe effective is is that high velocity up in the zone where he's able to pitch up there, where you know we're, we're taking advantage of a, a transition for hitters where they went with that uppercut swing and now all of a sudden pitching up in the zone is is effective just like Strider has done. Like you said, we're not he's not touching a hundred like Strider was last year. He's closer to where Strider is this year. He's got a pretty good slider. Uh, you'll see. Uh, him him throw a curveball in there here and there that one didn't that wasn't very effective there Sunday uh, it was just kind of just more of a show me type pitch but uh, you know I I, I there, there's something about some of these guys fastballs I, I don't know it, it, it's not that same uh, you know we saw it with Kimbrell uh, we saw it with Strider where he just that got a little just, hop just on got the a little hop that's yeah. what Smolsey had he had a little yeah. hop right yeah. but I, I wasn't sure if I noticed he wasn't in the middle of the plate. So he was ahead of the hitters and he was throwing, you know, multiple pitches, first strikes. He was aggressive and then just looked like he had been there for 10 years. So there's a lot to that, right? Yeah. And I wonder if that's, you know, growing up with, you know, a guy that's, you know, had been around, a, had a lot of success. You know, it's, 
you know, even though you hadn't been there, you've been around that kind of. Uh, uh, but yeah, he, he, talking to him the other day, um, I think first time I talked to him was 2022 spring training, I guess it would have been. Whatever, yeah, yeah, 2022 spring training, you know, still a little bit young at that point in time. Uh, but but then talking to him here when I walked into the clubhouse the other day, you know, just a mature young man mm-hmm. who was uh, appreciative of being here and very excited about the opportunity that, that he took full advantage of on Sunday. It's it's just yeah, it's fun it's cool. to see kids have that kind of success. And now he's getting his first start. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's – with Soroka going down, you know, it's th- this is going to help, you know, the rotation not, you know, right now. But at the same time, it's this helps Michael Soroka because I think what we saw was he's just not quite ready. I don't, you know, look. It's baffling. I don't – I see all that movement. I see his stuff, and it's just that – but his execution. The difference between those two pitchers and why one's still up here and one's not is because one executed for three innings, and one of them – executes 50 percent of the time yeah is what i see i mean he he his ball's moving but when it ends up in the middle or it ends up a a little bit of a you know off the plate for a ball now it's two and oh yeah i mean to me that's the only difference because this stuff's just as good if not better because it's the same speed but it's moving all over the place yeah so i mean how you get that execution back you know only he can do that yeah he's not ready how how much do you have to toy with that Two seamer is that is that grip is that placement on the mound or you just have to do all that kind of stuff to figure out where you are it is feel like you know they say about curveballs you know when you think about the breaking ball when you're coming back from tommy john the breaking ball is the hardest pitch to come back i i would say the way i threw my change up that was very much a feel pitch the guys that are just behind the fastball and they're just throwing it up in the zone that's the easiest pitch now it's not easy to have the stuff right but the easiest pitch to execute is the ball that's straight and you're behind it when you're trying to make the ball sink and you're trying to cut it and change speeds and all that that requires more feel and you know of course Michael hasn't been around a whole lot even though he's been pitching the minor league since last year um it just you know I don't know if he's he if he's tweaking things his mechanics don't look a whole lot different to me but just the fact that he hasn't had a full season yet of pitching but the stuff is there it's just execution and then he'll get it back hopefully I mean I don't know him very well but but you would think that having the success that he had early on with the same stuff that eventually it would come back I don't think we're getting rid of him anytime soon but he certainly he doesn't need to be trying to get it back at the big league level so hopefully he can I just haven't seen any stretch of him figuring it out at this point even we brought him up it only been what a game and a half and two games that he had bitched and then you know we're talking months where he hadn't done very well so he just needs some more time but the stuff for me is there it's just that i don't care what your stuff's like if you can't execute it doesn't matter so give me guys who can execute with less stuff and i'm going to win more than guys who (laughs) who have a lot of stuff but can't execute yeah yeah. One other thing about Smith Shaver too in that spot, that was not a low leverage spot he was no. put in there. Well, and it best, got and it got even higher as yeah. as, as he, he stayed in there. I mean, yeah, on a great team. Yeah, I mean, a, a really good team. team. Really yeah. good team. Yeah, really good. So, on the road. Yeah, it'll it's going to be fun to watch him actually go out there and have yeah. a proper start. It's this easy weekend. for me to chalk it up with okay i'm not i'm not sure about him but the other team had never seen him before so if you get a guy who's executing and nobody's seen him i'm going to give the advantage to the guy who's pitching now 
as he goes and now he's going to start right i'm going to give it's going to have to be if he can execute he's going to have some success early on and then it's going to be about a month before people start to catch on so it should be fun to watch it's like strider you know it's a little bit different because he could execute and he had just he had amazing stuff so that was a totally different dynamic this guy you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see but uh it's fun to see young guys come in and act like they've been there before not in a cocky way but just in a in a way that you have success well speaking of the while we're on the rotation where are we at with with kyle wright and max Fried? i know max has been what is he long tossing now or where, where are we at with those two guys yeah yeah max is, is still long tossing he started throwing uh may 25th here we are what close to two weeks later i guess um and that's fine i mean there's no rush here you basically just have to get to the point where he he still feels good when he's throwing and then he gets on the mound throw two three mound you know bullpen sessions uh go ahead and and, then throw live bp maybe once or twice then all of a sudden you you go and make your two three four start probably closer to uh three or four starts uh at rehab and you know you're looking there in mid-july but it's a progression uh all signs are he you know the arm feels good uh you just want to there's no need to rush him right now um take your time let him you know get back you know not only strengthen that you know allow the, the you know the forearm to to get better it's it it's healed now you got to you know get your legs right get your shoulder get your back you know you know all your pitching muscles have to get back in in shape too so take your time there but i you know the hope is he'll be there around the all-star break kyle Wright, it's you know it's, it's a guessing game it's that the shoulder was bothering him there in in january he got the cortisone shot um that didn't work now now all of a sudden you, you know they, they've tried a, a different kind of injection um, is it tendonitis or w- what is it yeah, yeah well they they're just calling it inflammation but i'd say that's that's closer to to probably what it is um you know it there there is not a tear you know what i mean I, that, that's the good thing it is it, it's, it's a a strain or actually they, that's what they're calling it, a strain um which, well, it's like the forearm. I mean, I don't ever remember anybody having a forearm strain. Yeah. Because typically they say that, and then all of a sudden there's Tommy John. Tommy John. But they're not saying that. They're just saying, I mean, I don't know. I, I just there's there's a lot of new things now yeah. that that maybe they're defining them differently. Or, um, and it's hard to tell. Of course, you know, throwing a baseball is just not is incredibly difficult, and it's not anything that's easy on the body. So it's hard to really know. But these guys, I know that we take extreme extremely good care of all of them. Yeah. So it's not like anybody's lying to anybody but it's the fact that there's things that I, you know as an outsider we we look and we don't understand but it's good that they're throwing but kyle's not throwing right it's just no no okay. kyle's not even throwing he's, okay he's you know if if you know if you're looking at bovada or any kind of uh you know gambling site if they want to say how many starts he's going to make this year probably six six and a half probably be a good over under right mm. now you know so um I don't think Bovad is doing that right now. That, no. was, that was more like a... Not that you would know. No. It was like a... <laughs> but I, I, it was a Mark Bow. Are you guys allowed... Oh, you guys aren't allowed right, to gamble, right. are you? No. Are you fall under the Major League Baseball? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely nothing on baseball. The Pete Rose rule? Softball, any of that kind of stuff. Oh, you yeah. can't do anything. Right, that, so you're like us. you got to take the... Right. If you took that... Uh, whatever the test or did you yeah. have to do that one yeah 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 i did that yeah so everybody yeah right. we can't even right. like tiddlywinks or anything yeah 
Yeah. No we can do tiddlywinks. Can we do basketball a... pools? I, I, don't I don't even know. think it's any sports, can we? I don't know. For for purposes of anybody listening to the discussion, I forgot to tell you, we're actually recording this in Nevada, so we're all, like, <laughs> not in Georgia, where none of this is allowed. <laughs> what do they call it? The sports desk or yeah, the yeah. Uh, sports book? Sports book. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're not like 680 that they can just um, record anywhere they want, Harris or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, moving right along. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but what do you make of Michael Harris is obviously having a rough sophomore year thus yeah. overall in totality, but what are you seeing out of him? Or where, where do you think he's at right now? Saw a lot of good swings this past weekend in Phoenix. Uh, last night was a, you know not a great night. Didn't see, see as many, but at the same time, um, what was it, Friday or Saturday night, He when Corbin Carroll robbed him of a – Hit yeah, out of center tough. field, that diving catch. The next at bat, I think it was about 105 off the bat right at the third baseman, double play. The next one might have been a line out. And the fourth one, he lined one up the middle for a single. And I said to him after the game, I said, look, if that ball had found a glove, you would have had the right to just take that bat and <laughs> chuck it out of the stadium. <laughs> right, just, right, right. Uh, you know, it, it's it's been a frustrating stretch for him, and it's somewhat understandable. You think about it, you play five games, you go on the then you go on the injured list for three weeks with a bad back, and then all of a sudden you play two more games and you tweak your knee and then have to put on a knee brace for two weeks that restricts you and maybe kind of leads to some. I don't want to say bad habits because I don't. But you know, it messed with your your mechanics, your sure. rhythm, sure. get your yeah. rhythm going. And and so I think he's just finding himself. And I think it'll, I think he'll take off. You know, last week in my newsletter, I made a prediction he's still going to have a twenty homer season. I, I believe it. I this kid has incredible power. We saw the opposite field homer uh, last home stand. It, that power's still there. It's just he finding himself. And when he takes off, it's. Tell you what, wherever he is in that lineup, if he's down there in that nine spot and he's starting to be productive and he's turned that lineup over and it's that many more plate appearances for Ronald and Olsen and Riley, that's that's when this team may really start uh, taking off. When you mentioned that game in Arizona the other night. Whenever somebody's on a run like that where they're hitting the ball right at people, I mean, they're making good contact and it just, it's just it's finding a glove every time they hit. I always think back to my favorite example of that, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I don't have the quote like verbatim in front of me, but it's when, I believe it was when Kelly Johnson came up in 2005, and he went, I think he literally went like 0 for his first 30, but he just kept hitting the ball right at people, was hitting it well. I'll never forget. Bobby, I believe, said, I, I don't know if somebody, if one of you guys or somebody asked him, you know, about him still putting him out there. Are you going to keep running him out there? Something like that. And Bobby said, as, well, he, I told him it's the greatest 0 for 30 I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember as a fan just thinking, because I was watching every day, yeah. I'm like, it really is. Yeah. Like he's, he's hitting the crap out of the ball, but well, it's right at somebody every friggin' night. They didn't even have exit velocity stat yeah. back then. Yeah. So at least, at least Michael can like, <laughs> yeah, look at that. But you know, we always know that when you're going bad, those things happen. And that's baseball's all full of that. And whether it's pitching or hitting, there's always these, you know, that's why they call them slumps, but getting at them are really tough. And, you know, you really got to, it's a, it's a mental grind on how you, there, and there's been many, many guys uh, write about what it takes to get out of a slump, you know, and some of that 
is uh, yeah, I've seen a wide range of theories on that's that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even know if you guys saw this, but they were doing this document. Uh, they were talking to Jeter and they were interviewing him on a show, and he said Jeter was zero for twenty-two. Did you hear this? I don't know. And so he walks, he's walking in the locker room, then it's like he's over 25 and 27, whatever. And one of his guys next to him had a gold thong sitting up, and, <laughs> and, it, and he looked at it and he goes, What? He goes, Over 25, honey. He goes, Put this on, you'll get a hit. <laughs> And he's and he just like shakes his head, and then the next night he ends up like over thirty or something like that. The next day he puts it on, first at bat, first pitch, gone. And and, and he's telling the story, and then he you see him up at bat, you know, and they're like everybody's cheering in New York, you know, trying to get him a hit. And he, he's running the bases, and you just all you can think about, he's got that gold thong on. I don't know. <laughs> so it was just funny. He was just talking about how we, you know, we get into these mental things where you hit the ball hard you think oh that's got to get a hit and now you know then it's just like this when am I ever going to get out of it and we used to see the guys who would just hit those little broken bat Texas leader bloops and next thing you know it's bam 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 then they're out of it Uh, they need a couple breaks like that yeah they think Kelly Johnson I don't remember the exact number I'm thinking it was like one for 32 (laughs) with an infield that one hit being an infield (laughs) okay yeah there you go and so he did that, and the next week, he was the NL Player of the Week. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. After that infield single? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was just one of these, went to Texas or somewhere where we went, and he took off, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it you happens. never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's baseball's well, funny like that. You see his abilities, right? You see yeah. how he's swinging the bat. Yeah. But you just don't know what's going on between the ears and yeah. that's the hard part. Yeah, and I and that's the one thing I'll say with Michael. I yeah, I, we've only known him for a year, but known him well enough that if you give him a pool stick, if you give him a bowling ball, if you give him golf club, he's gonna find a way to, to impress you. I mean he's just one of those kind of mm-hmm. athletes and competitors and so you know look it's this, this kind of stretch is going to eat at anyone but at the same time how it eats at you and how you how you you know allow it to affect you is you know different people uh deal with it in different ways i think he will he'll make it a positive some way and, turn, and get out of this soon hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on the wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons of the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What do you make of uh, Marcelo Zuna's resurgence, Bo? I mean, the first month of the season, he looked completely lost. I mean, just completely and then he was on the verge there for a while of like he put himself in player of the month contention for in May. Well, I'd say this. I I didn't see this coming because it, it you know it, it, April didn't look like he saw anything coming. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know Bo well enough that I could I try I, most of the time I know when he's setting up for a, for a one liner. He got me on that one. I thought he was okay. just being dead serious, but but he got me. Good one. <laughs> now. Wait a minute. I messed up. I messed up. Hang on. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I got to be quicker on yeah, the, the buttons. There you go. The, uh, you know, big credit to Marcel. I mean, look, I, you know, I wrote it. I wrote that, hey, look, his numbers are exactly what Eddie Rosario's were when he did eye surgery last year. He, you know, this guy, you know, it looked like, you know, look, you're going to have to release him when Travis Darno comes back. Where's it? You know, what, why are you keeping this guy around? You know, he hated me. Probably still hates me. You know, <laughs> I would. You know, I write that kind of stuff. That doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. But at the same time, I'm very impressed by what um, he's done. But it, because he wasn't just here, not reading it, what I wrote. He heard the booze. He heard, you know, there's a lot of weight on your shoulders mm-hmm. at that point in time. And, you know, for him to... You know, turn things around in May and have a one. I think right now he's got since May first, it's like a one point zero zero eight OPS. That's probably like sixth best in the majors during that mm. that stretch. Um, nine plus homers. This is not a fluke though. This is a product of great plate discipline. I mean, he his he's not chasing pitches. He's walking. And all this, you know, when you're not chasing pitches and you're walking, all of a sudden you're forcing pitchers to come to you when they throw him, you know, good pitches. He's not missing, uh, just like last night or you know, the, uh, Tuesday night in the the Mets series opener there. So, um, th- this guy is dangerous with the bat again right now. He he is, um, he 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 says he's not quite to where he was in 2020. But but he he's certainly getting close to that, and, and that's once again just another um, you know that that just makes that lineup that much deeper, and 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 you have a guy that dangerous down there in the sixth seventh spot wherever he's been fifth six seven they they've moved him up a little bit here recently, but um, that's that's uh, pretty valuable. But it's not surprising. I mean, this guy's a professional hitter. I mean, he's been in the league a long time. He's done a lot of damage. So the question is, you know, was off the field stuff going to affect him on the field? You know, is he past his prime? I mean, so all those questions come up, but not his ability, right? His ability's always been there. You just wonder, you know, when is that? Is he going to break out of it, you know, or is he pretty much done? I mean, but he had a long track record of being really, really successful. So I think guys like Arcia are more surprising to me that they've done that. And we haven't even talked about what kind of impact he's made on this team, taking up the slack for what Dansby had done over the last few years with us. But Marcel, I don't know, The part of me was just battling with those questions on whether or not this was it for him. 
meaning you know his career's pretty much over and it was kind of some of it self-inflicted but i don't know if he's a hard worker if he's um you know what kind of you know he puts into his skill but i mean he's the way he swings bat. he's got one of the quickest bats uh you know and he just he's just a good hitter so talk about his left field play all you want but as far as hitting he's been doing it for a while so i'm not surprised he's back doing it i just my question was i just don't know the history you know where he is in his career he seems relatively young but seems like he's been in the big leagues forever yeah yeah he got there early i I still remember he was probably a double a player there at disney and uh he hit an opposite field homer off the of huddy, and you're just like, who is this? <laughs> right. You know, the, the talent's been there for yeah. a long time, mm-hmm. like you said. And you know what? It's he's had his troubles, you know, and you know. But at the same time, you know, I, I like to see him smiling again. You know, yeah. you don't ever want to see uh, someone suffer. He's he's apologized. He's done this and that. You know, you you can think about what you want of him as a person or what kind of whatever. Everyone has their entitled their opinion, but I'm happy to see him smiling again and having fun playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, Bo, I think we've kept you long enough. We didn't even touch on a lot of things. Sean Murphy and Darno, that duo. They're catchers. Uh, they're catchers. Okay, Are they the best catching did. duo you've ever covered? <laughs> <laughs> I, Eddie Perez is going to be listening to this. I can't. Eddie I can't and Hobby does a pretty good duo. Yeah, yeah, Eddie and Hobby. I can't say that. Yeah. yeah. Did you know Eddie was the 1999 NLCS MVP? Did you know? That, <laughs> yeah, did you actually know on Sunday within the fan were chanting Eddie, Eddie. It was for Perez. It wasn't for Rosario. That's right. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. We're closing out with a fun tidbit that we didn't know. Breaking well, I mean, news. we didn't even talk it. about Barry Hill and Olson. I mean, you know. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. We've Barry had some Hill. good he combos. Was the old manager at uh, Barry Hill. Yeah. Someone who used to work for a television oh. station around here. They, they were told that someone came up and they said that Barry. Hill had told them she thought the last name was Hill. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, okay. I, it's just you want to keep going here? No, no it just no, came, no, no. it just came back to me. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you missed the button again. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. Yeah. I was so busy trying to figure out. Here, say it again, Bo. We'll just we'll just pretend like you. What they say? What what did she say? Well, you know, remember when uh, somebody came up and she said they said Barry Hill came up. And uh, she thought that his name was Barry Hill. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, Bo, oh, thanks so gosh. much as always, man. This is fun. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.